Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Sesploitation Conflagration. Here are your two amazing hosts, Nate Bradford and Stephen Ronquillo. Guys, take it away! <laughs> Happy Wednesday, everybody, and uh, welcome to the show, uh, Nate won't be here tonight because right now he's at his comedy show doing that. Uh, so I had to call backup, and the only backup I know who's as lazy and pathetic as I am when it comes <laughs> to having a life. <laughs> yeah, back from the dungeons is the notorious Carl Kafer. Please, Steven, it's really nice that you called me and that I'm doing this. Thank you very, very much. Yeah. Nice to be back. Okay, his comedy show is on Wednesday, but Nate was sick today. He gets sick like this once a week, and I wasn't going to make him suffer for two hours. So for me and Nate, from the bottom of our heart, thank you, Carl. Oh, oh, absolutely. And and my prayers go out to Nate, and I hope he gets better, all right? Yeah. Well, it is Thanksgiving month, and we gotta go back. And why? I wonder, you know, really, where did it all begin? It started when we were adults, right? Isn't no? I was a teen, and you were in your twenties. Wasn't yeah, okay. that when uh, the Fifty Force movies by the Medbeds come out? Yeah, that, they they came out. The Medved books came out in the seventies somewhere. I can I can check uh, to make sure, but uh, mid to late seventies. Yeah, and that was the first real experience a lot of us fans had to, you know, good bad movies. It would have been a lot better if Michael Medved wasn't an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> And how did you feel the first time that you looked at a movie in the Medved book, Carl, and you were like, what the fuck did he see? That's not the movie that I've seen. Well, well, you know, it's it's not only that. It's like, you know, it was funny. When I read that book and the movies that he said were bad, it just made me want to watch them more. And to find them, you know? I mean, that, that's yeah. what it came down to. And then we realized he was full of shit and was just being an asshole and being neat. There's a difference between lovingly making fun of a bad movie we love and being an asshole. <laughs> like one of the funniest reviews I've ever read, it was, you, yeah, we talked about before. It, it was, to, for to hell it it came from hell, and the review just read, "And the hell it can go." No, to hell may it go back. I think is what it <laughs> yeah, was, but absolutely, yeah, yeah. And it also came out that there was a couple of movies in there that he faked the titles just to be an asshole. Uh, Dick, the one about the two hundred foot dog. He just used a close-up picture of his dog that made it look like a giant and then wrote this bullshit thing about it. What Was that Digby? Because Digby yeah. was an actual film. It wasn't Digby. It was another one. 
But he just had okay. a picture of his dog that made him look giant, so he just wrote this bullshit about it. <laughs> and well, I mean, he, there's a lot of bad uh, movies out there you could say that are bad, right? I, I yeah. mean, he wasn't completely off his rocker. Uh, there's some I happen to agree with him on. No, oh, yeah, many, me but, too. The one that really made me think he was full of shit was after I got to see uh, Pat Garrett and Billy the Kid. Because he had uh, Bob Dylan in there for worst actor for Pat Garrett and Billy the Kid. Oh, hell no. I'm not saying it's a stellar acting role, but he was only in it for a couple minutes, and he did fine. Yeah, he was a newspaper guy. His job was to watch and get the information together. Right. So why would he talk? Except that one scene where he's reading the uh, the contents of of, of, yeah. of of the boxes, which I love, I by the way. Beans, <laughs> peas, corn. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you and Howard had to deal with bad movie filler all the time, didn't you? Oh my God! Uh, <laughs> and, and and it was wondrous. I mean, I you know, watching these, okay, uh, for for your uh, for your audience, Newbies. I worked at a, uh, I, I worked at a drive-in in the early '70s to about '77, and basically that all that was just being in the projection booth, getting stoned, and watching all these movies, and and Howard would do all these films from Herschel Gordon Lewis, Al Adamson. Uh, uh, all that type of stuff, uh, Brad Grittner, uh, and and just really, really 60s and 70s stuff that was just awful, but it was beautiful. I mean, I think part of it is that I was in a stoned uh, state, like constantly in that room. But But, you know, you go see these movies and you just laugh your ass off. They're wonderful. Yeah. And not in a mean way or ironic way. We just loved them for what they were. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, I can go off on my favorite and you know what that is. Yeah. Um, I think, I think Joe Bob said it the best when he said a movie, anything, but boring. Right. Right. And, and, and the thing is, of course, in my heightened state, I, you'd look at something and you'd laugh your ass off. And it's about watching it the first time and how you watch it the first time. So, yeah, are they bad movies? A lot of them. Oh, heck yeah. Do I love them? Generally, mm-hmm. a lot of them I do. But, yeah, I can remember uh, when the, it was on TV news where they were talking about it. They said the Golden Turkey book is out and it voted the worst Film of all time, Plan 9 from Outer Space. No. And it's absolutely wondrous. Yeah, for what he did with what he had and his skill set. I mean, I we have... Oh, I want to apologize on the air now for Finding Christmas. 
If you want to compare playing nine from outer space to finding Christmas, and there's something No, it's surviving with Christmas, you. wasn't it? Surviving Christmas. Yeah, surviving Christmas. But still, it was movies like that out there. You call them Plan Nine, the worst. <laughs> oh hell no. Or Gotti. I'm never going to forgive you for that. <laughs> but but surviving Christmas was worse. Yeah. But yeah, there's generally bad movies, and then there's movies that we love in a campy way, like uh, Invasion of the Saucermen from the fifties. Oh, wondrous! Yeah, I mean, I mean, uh, as far as any fifties movies, now I'm a little older than you, but but uh, I grew up watching Chili Theater when I was very young. Was uh, uh, Chili Billy Cardelli and all of those fifties sci-fi films. He he played in horror horror movies from the fifties, and I was in love with every one of them. I don't care how terrible they were or how fake they were; it didn't matter. They all had a sense a of fun to them. Absolutely. I mean, really, the Medved book started it off, but I mean, you could just read it and just know that these guys did not. Well, it was Michael. The other one, actually, the other one in the Mad Bad Brothers, actually loved bad movies. It was Michael who was the dickhead of the bunch. You know, uh, if I'm not mistaken, and, and, and I haven't looked at my Med Bed book for years, and it's in storage right now, but I even think he mentions a long goodbye as like one of the worst films. Am I right about yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, he said. Worst, pri- yeah, he mentioned it's one of the worst private eye adaptions ever made. And I, uh, just for uh, your listeners, it's my favorite film of all time and always will be. It's a fantastic movie. Yeah. I mean, he was, there's just some when he picked out a movie, it was either because it was bad or something that he just wanted people to come at him. Yeah, yeah. I mean that that could be too. Early trolling. That could be mm-hmm. Cause if you, I think that Long Goodbye was in the first book, the fifty worst movies of all time. I think so. Yeah, where I'm they pretty- covered, and the worst thing that the Medbeds did. This is just me. Is cover a film you can't make fun of. That's a bad movie. It's on the no no list. Okay. John Wayne's The Conqueror. Yeah, considering the uh, the outcome of all that and what happened after the film was made, yeah, I don't want to touch yeah. that one either. That, yeah, that's on the no-no list. And, and just so the listeners know, that particular film was shot out in the Nevada desert and with a lot of um, um, radiation of which many of the crew members, and including John Wayne, got cancer from. Yeah, Just it so was an old by-the-way situation. It was like after the movie was filmed, one of the soldiers said to one of the crew members, oh, by the way, uh, you know that land we let you shoot on? Yeah, it was a nuclear test site. Yep. Yeah. But yeah, and there's another one they trashed in their books 
But I don't understand why, because they said, this movie is shit. It's got bad music, stupid monsters, bad special effects, bad dubbing on the Chinese person. Talk about a movie going over their head. How can you call Attack of the Killer Tomatoes a bad movie when it was made to be a bad movie? Well, okay. So I actually have uh, a story about that. I yeah. A friend of mine, Bob, um, what was Bob's last name? I, I, I got to check it out. But he and I were in college together, and we, we sort of did a comedy team. And unfortunately, the next year, his family and he moved out to uh, San Diego. Uh, and he met up with John DeBello. And he became a line producer on that. And, and, and he would contact me every so often, tell me how it was going. And, you know, I mean, they did it for nothing. I'm not saying it's a good movie. But you know what yes, I always it say? Is. It, it, I, I actually like the sequels a lot better with John Ashton. Yeah, um, but it's a good movie okay. because it did what it set out to do and well, in well, fun you know, fashion. Okay, and I agree with that. But what I always say, too, is, you know what, Medved, they made a movie you didn't. You know, I don't care how bad a movie is. Somebody gets up and actually makes a movie and gets it out there for people to see. That's more than I ever did. So they get some credit for that. And when it hit my theater, Carl, they showed it with like uh... – uh, three Stooges, two Three Stooges shorts, and a cartoon before the movie. You yeah, know, the best thing about that movie, though, by far, is is I, I know that John DeBello picked up this guy who did the music, and puberty, yeah. and puberty, <laughs> oh, love yeah. is, is friggin' yeah. awesome. Puberty love. <laughs> And you can't tell me that uh, Tim Burton didn't rip that joke off when he made Mars Attacks. Oh, without a fucking doubt. Come on. Of course it was a ripoff. I think he even said it was a ripoff. Yeah. But it's funny. Mars Attacks, the big Hollywood budget movie done by a director with cred, but the no budget one is infinitely more watchable than the big budget version. But that's the case in a lot of ways. I mean, that's not unusual. You know, where, where, where you know, a big Hollywood remake isn't nearly as good as, as what they're being remade as, right? Yeah, but you know, our biggest complaint about Mars is they should have cut out all the white folks and just showed more... Uh, Pam Greer and, and Jim Brown, because yeah, they were good. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Like um, when she uh, killed that alien and her daughter looked at her and she said, I've been doing this shit since the 70s, honey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, the exactly. Batman books has always been controversial once we started getting real fan writers out there. And we started well, you know, to see the movies. That's what right. they didn't bank on, that we wouldn't see the movies, you know. 
VHS bit him in the ass hard. Well, you know, I mean, I mean, this is before VHS. This is way before any of that. So the only yeah. thing you had to watch was whether it was in a theater or if by chance you got got HBO or something like that, a pay pay service. Mm-hmm. That was the only way. But then the next part, big part of the history is a movie that come out in the 80s, but it will never come out on video because of rights issues, and I weep every day because it's good. And it came from Hollywood. Yep. Which, which uh, of course, uh, is, is, is a compilation of um, – Early horror stuff and sci-fi stuff from the 50s and 60s and, yeah. and some 70s. And whoever – and the hosts of it would sell a movie nowadays back then. Let's see. Uh, Cheech and Chong, John Candy, Dan Aykroyd. Now, Dan Aykroyd was behind that, actually, I think. He was the one who got it together. Yeah. I mean, it was yep. just like he got some of the he got a lot of SCTV guys and some of the best com- comics he could. Absolutely. I haven't seen that for years, so I don't remember it too well. That's because, uh, uh, like I said, when the right tissue stuff started popping up because of VHS, it was pretty much pulled from distribution. Mm-hmm. Because it was like too expensive. And plus, they use Godzilla clips, and you know how Toe is about their rights. Absolutely. Oh, just just for the record, um, for people who love Godzilla, there's a new short movie out from Toho. It's about five minutes long, uh, which is Godzilla versus the smog monster, Hedorah. So check for that. I know I have it on, on my page. So, yeah. What was also funny to us when we started getting the DVDs of the kaiju films was that it, we were used to them being stupid and campy because of the horrible dubbing jobs. Well, well, that's true, okay? But also, there were some of them that were just campy to begin with. I know Godzilla's Revenge, uh, the original cut of Hedorah that come out over here. And there was a time when they really, there was a time when they really considered them children's films too. So, so, you know, you got, well, they were once you got into those, uh, uh, Minya films. Right. Exactly. Exactly. But yeah, uh, I mean, but, that, that was that was always a big selling point was uh, the kitty matinees on Saturday, which you should know about. You you could go to a movie for a dime or a nickel and get to spend all day at the movies. By the time I was doing it in the sixties, it was fifty cents. Yeah, but that still was cool. Oh, we kill to pay fifty cents to go to the movies nowadays. Oh hell yeah, <laughs> fuck yeah! And, and and it would be all afternoon. 
for 50 cents. Yeah, they would be like cartoons, uh, sometimes a newsreel, uh, the serial or short comic film with the Three Stooges, whatever, and then a movie. Right, and, and I remember going, and it was like three or four cartoons, two shorts, usually comics, uh, maybe even a musical short, uh, and then and then you'd get two movies. And generally, those movies were, were science fiction or that, you know, 60, 70 minutes uh, a piece. So you'd get like four hours worth of, uh, of, of viewing for 50 cents. That's about what it was. Yeah, and we really would, and when you're kids, you don't care about quality, you care about just explosions. And air conditioning. Oh, God, yeah. That was a big selling point in movie theaters back then. Always air conditioned. (laughs) Yep. But, yeah, I mean, really, we loved our bad movies after it came from Hollywood and all of that came out. And we started watching them on there. But, yes, yeah, so one of my favorite bad movies, and Carl doesn't understand what I like, it is The Mexican Santa Claus. You never did understand oh, why I like that. Insane. Oh, oh, it's weird. as Okay, it's weird as fuck. I mean, I get that, but it makes no sense. Well, it was the first time that Mexicans tried to do a Santa Claus movie when they have all been worshipping Christ on Christmas. Right. Which is why you You see all those moments like, God bless you, everyone. (laughs) Well, well, also Pitch, of course. Yeah. You know, and, and and you made me do a, a commentary watch on that, and and I I just like I can't wrap my head around this, I just can't do it. Now it's not it's certainly not the worst film you ever made me watch, not by a no long no time. no. <laughs> uh, yeah, we started the whole blood freak craze. You ought to be proud of that. We hold that up in oh, high oh, regard. Oh, listen, let me let me tell you something. Uh, uh, I talk about that all the time on, on my network. That that you know it was you, and and it was it the was first you and podcast you. I ever did. Yeah, it was it was, you, it was both did. of us. We yeah. promoted it yeah, for about wanted... two or three months, I think, before we even did the first show. Yeah, and, and, and I it remember. It just seemed like, like after that, that, it just took off like a wildfire. Everybody watching Blood Freak on Thanksgiving. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> you know, you know. I mean, I I pestered you like crazy, and the reason I love Blood Freak so much is like it was. I think it was the second week I was at the drive-in. There were three films. It was, it was. Uh, uh, I think it was Two Thousand Maniacs. It was Blood Feast, and Blood Freak. Blood Freak was the first one that was shown. And at that point, it was like my second joint of any time. I was like 14 years old and, and uh, uh, absolutely got stoned. I watched this absolutely awful movie and fell in love with it. Why would and they show this- the X-rated movie before the unrated movies? 
Well, well, at that point, <laughs> at that point, it, 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 it was funny because it was advertisers unrated. Okay. Yeah. It didn't have the X on it. I remember my folks complaining about, oh, he's going to. I said they're all made in the sixties. You know, they're, they're it's all fake. I'm like, okay, you can go. You know, and, and that, and I think that was the last time they ever like checked what was playing there. And I'm so fucking glad that's the point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the effects are fake, but that full nudity scene, it ain't fake. <laughs> <laughs> nope. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and 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 of course, you know, that's where I had a great love of of bad movies. Was was first it would be the old horror movies from from Chiller's Theater, mm-hmm. but then being in the drive-in and seeing absolutely awful movies by Al Adamson and just falling in love with them, or you know Barry Mayhaw. And then you realize that it was an Al Adamson film you had seen before that he had re-edited and retitled. Oh yeah, that had to mess with your stone mind too. Uh, <laughs> oh, haven't absolutely. I seen this before? And then new you know, I know I was stoned, but I was double this shit. <laughs> I do. Yeah, that was one of Al Adamson's biggest habits was to uh, take his movies and re-edit them, and then chip them out back again. Well, you know, I mean, I mean, there there are so many films that I'm so lucky to have watched at the drive-in that these days are cut to shit, right? Uh, or they the just can't I find mean, them. Or they can't find them, but I remember one in particular that was cut to shit mm-hmm. that I know we it was like 85 minutes when I saw it, or at least 80, and that was The Undertaker and, and His Pals. All the porn actually, in that movie is lost. That has never, ever been found. Well, this is back in the 70s, okay? So it was there. Trust me on this. Yeah. I was very, oh, very I lucky you. in the other ways. It's just that every fucking print of it, once the MPAA started cracking down, they had to cut yep. every print. Yep. So you'd see but, that but, trailer of it with all the meat shot, all the blood shots in it. And then you go see movies like, well, where's that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I had I I had so many great bad films that I I watched at the drive-in. Uh, incredibly strange monsters who became mixed up teens or whatever the fuck that title was. The, the incredibly strange monsters who gave up. Uh, the incredible, the incredibly mixed up teens. Who gave up caring and become monsters? <laughs> that's one like of my that. most. Yeah, that's one of my. That's my most complimented on T-shirt that I have. Almost <laughs> everyone walks up and like, "Hey, I love that T-shirt." <laughs> yeah, it, I mean, I mean, uh, I saw that in the driving. I and, and and the thing is, again, I I I must say. That ninety percent of these that I saw in the drive-in, I was stoned out of my fucking gourd, or I had just noshed on great food and was like in a food coma. One of the two. 
Well, thank God you got out of the drive-in before Santa Claus the movie. <laughs> no, he never he never ran that one. Never ran thank that one. Thank God. That's the one with Dudley Moore and... Uh... Oh, that one. Oh, that's awful. Oh, God, yeah. That one's just plain awful. You know, uh, uh, but yeah, I, I got out basically around 77. I would go yeah. back occasionally during 78 and 79 to visit. But by 77, I'd quit doing it. Yeah. But There's only, is, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. I was going to say like, actually it would be 73 to 77. Uh, uh, because we started in March of my, um, March of my sophomore year. So that would be, yeah, that's 73. So 73 to 77. Yeah, the only one of the big bad movie titles I've never seen, and I'm proud of this, is Heartbeats. Uh, I have seen it. It's not nearly as bad as you think it is, but it's not good. It's one of those I heard they cut the shit out of it. Oh, they did. I could tell that it was fucked up. And and, and as far as I know, uh, uh, Alan Arkish, uh, who directed that, has basically uh, disowned it because of all the, the shit he had to deal with. Yeah, like, uh, I think the original voice for the robot comedian, I may be wrong, but I keep thinking it is, was uh, Rodney Dangerfield. I don't think so. I, I, I think one of the things, they again, had I don't a, know. This they had good. one of the bigger Borscht Belt comedians there. But then they thought I actually that, heard it was I actually heard it was Jackie Mason. Yeah, and then they thought Mason's jokes were too dirty. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, I mean, you know, Andy Kaufman in that film, I was never a Kaufman fan, uh, though I loved Bernadette Peters, and and, and I liked Arkish, and and it ran uh, that ran on uh, HBO, and I or or maybe it was the movie channel, and I I checked it out. Wasn't great. Wasn't good. But I've seen a lot worse, trust me. Yeah. Do you remember when one of your favorite movies of all time came out during the Christmas season, The Thin Red Line, and they called it a cheap, shitty, Saving Private Ryan ripoff? Oh, man. I was in college going for my master's, and I went to see it. And I had this troop of undergraduates. Uh, this tribe that sort of followed me. I just said, guys, we're all going to this movie. And and the thing is that almost everyone had seen Stayed in Private Ryan. And I remember Bob and, and, and uh, uh, I can't think of the other one's name, uh, but they both wanted me that, you know, it shook them to the core and said it was so much better than Saving Private Ryan. And I agree with that. Well, I don't like it, but calling it a Paven Private Ryan ripoff? No, no fucking way is that a ripoff. No. <laughs> it's a completely different film. Yeah, it's like comparing uh, Apocalypse Now to Pl- Pl- Platoon. 
Yeah. Or even worse, Apocalypse Now to uh, uh, um, the one with Burt Lancaster. Go tell the Spartans. Yeah. No, I don't want to exactly. compare Saving Private Ryan to Go Tell the Spartans. Exactly. <laughs> Two completely different films. Yeah. So, well, that year, everybody was just on uh, Spielberg's dick over Saving Private Ryan, which I did not like. No, I, I didn't watch it the first either. time I seen it, but it does not suffer repeat viewings. Well, it's competent, okay? He's a competent filmmaker. I mean, he does things technically really well. But he he basically grabs you by the short hairs and makes you think what he wants to think and feel what he wants you to feel. And I fucking hate that. And don't forget, if you really watch it, shot for shot, that whole D-Day sequence is stolen Underline, 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 stolen from the big red one. Yep. And, and of course, you know, you, you absolutely uh, worship at the older Sam Fuller. Well, yeah. that's a great we movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it is. It's absolutely fantastic, Phil. Sir, he's like, son, why ain't you going over that thing? Sir, the pilot doesn't want to get shot, sir. I am not going over that hill. And then the, he, then Lee Marvin pulled out the gun. Son, I'm going to miss you. Going over the wall, <laughs> sir. <laughs> but, I was getting that back as a and... triple feature. You know, uh, the big red one, go tell the Spartans, and the thin red line. Oh, good God. I don't think anyone could survive. That would be... Nearly nine hours. It'd be at least eight. Yeah, I keep thinking they don't make them as sturdy as we were back then. We no. were Iron Men. <laughs> but, but you know, I, I mean, okay, so, so we're talking about war movies. Like, what's the worst war movie you ever saw? The, 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 the most rancid thing you ever saw? Uh... Probably Nam Angels. <laughs> okay, you're you're going that end. Okay, yeah, my father, I, uh, my father made me sit through Inchon. Wow, I gotta write <laughs> this down in my book. You know why? Why? You're the only person I've ever met in my entire life. That has seen Inchon. Yeah. <laughs> That's why Inchon is not on bad movie lists. Because nobody no fucking one seen has it. fucking seen it. Yeah. Oh. And just for people to know, that was, that was uh, uh, produced by the head of the Moonies. Yeah, Reverend Sung Young Moon. Yep. God, that one was bad. But I haven't seen it, so I can't put it on there. But Nam Angels is just so bad. It's about they just dump a bunch bunch of soldiers in the middle of Vietnam in motorcycles and tell them to go blow up a bridge filled in the Philippines. 
Masiro T. Santiago. Well, well, God bless Syria. Seriously. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you get into Philippine films, oh, good God. Especially, <laughs> especially the stuff from Santiago, uh, from both of them, actually. They're just wonderfully bad films. And I mean that in, in, in the kindest sense. Yeah. Oh, I've got a real hard one for you. Uh-oh. What's the worst kung fu martial arts film you ever seen? I I don't know if I can answer that. <laughs> I don't remember titles and where I went to see them. There were no fucking titles in the doors. I don't know. Mine is easy. Okay. Bruce Lee fights back from the grave. Well, actually, I kind of like that one. Because it's so, <laughs> so fucking awful. That poster is amazing. But that poster you know, has I'm, nothing to do with the fucking movie. <laughs> I know. The only uh, way Bruce Lee's in the movie is some guy walks up to him and goes, Your master, Bruce Lee, is dead. Master! Oh, oh I got one for you. What? I can't remember the name of it, but I think it's the Lucky Seven, and it's the kids movie that it's all these kids. Oh God, yes, uh, Lucky Seven with bullshit. Right, and it's that awful. What the, that's what the name of the little fat boy is. Yeah, bullshit. Yeah, and it's just one of those you don't want to watch because there's scenes of eight or nine year old kids getting thrown through windows, hitting big piles of like wood stacking crates on their back. <laughs> yeah, it's it's uncomfortable to say the least, and it's and it's played as a, a comedy. And a really, yeah. really like broad comedy. You know, there are fart jokes in it and all sorts of shit. Yeah. And it's bad. And, oh God, yeah. I I've got the, I haven't seen the movie, but I got the trailer on one of the drive in uh month drive in dish that Garage House did. And oh yeah. my God, is it painful? <laughs> okay, so I I should say this to your listeners. Um, I when I moved to New York in the eighties, there was a theater in the Lower East Side called the Delancey, and the Delancey had this wonderful movie every week. It was and was like, uh, was it three or five or three kung? Fu, no, it was three. Yeah, kung fu always movies, three five. kung fu movies playing. Yeah, for five bucks. So I would go down there and put out five bucks, and 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 I have a blast. But the thing is, if you're watching it at the Delancey, once in a while they would have it dubbed, but more often than not, it was not dubbed. Not that it really didn't matter. It really didn't matter. And what was because funny was quoting Riza, they didn't give a fuck. They would just no. grab an Asian film and show it. So one second you could be watching uh, the set, the Five Deadly Venoms, 
and then next you're watching Sex and Zen or something like yeah. that. <laughs> and and it, it was great. I I, I love that theater. You know, and, and I think I was even uh I might have been in the same the you know, same time that Rizzo was. Because it's it's Probably. the time time frame for sure. Yeah. But yeah, I mean we have seen good, bad. We've watched enough. I mean, it's just amazed me how after uh, MST3K come out, people really just started talking shit at movies. And they're not funny. It's hard. Very hard. It's very hard. And and, and the thing is, you've got to realize that MST3K or Rift Tracks or any of these, these are writers, man. They look at this stuff and they write this stuff. And Mike and all the people there, Joel, whoever yeah. it would be, just read it and, and, and play with it and act it. They, yeah, they, man, sit those ar- jokes. yeah, they sit around for about a week just bouncing jokes off of each other. And then after the week, they have they pick the best material to go into the movie. Yeah. So don't think that's, that's ad-libbed because it is not ad-libbed. Not by a long shot. If you want to add lived one, watch uh, that one from the 80s, uh, the night of the dawn of the return of the Day of the Living Dead. Which I've never seen, by the way. Oh, it's crap. Imagine someone getting stoned and getting <laughs> you stoned on marijuana that's possibly laced with something. And then giving you a microphone to say, okay, say funny things about this movie. You know, I mean, we, we do that in commentaries occasionally. But, but, but generally, we don't try to be funny. And, it's, well, and if yeah, you try to be funny... Well, yeah, trying to be funny, we are. But like I said... But if you try to be funny, generally, you're not. Yeah. You know, and then there's films not. that are easy to be funny watching, like uh, Night of the Lepus. Oh, God, I love that movie. I do. Yeah. I adore that film. You know, giant bunny rabbits, people. Giant yeah. bunny rabbits. Going you know through, you're going through, to watch through. a good, bad movie if you look at the trailer, and they're too fucking scared to either tell you or show you what the monster is. Like my, the favorite giant scene in that, my, <laughs> my favorite scene in that movie is where they're at the drive-in or that. And like they say, uh, folks, you need, to, you need to move your cars because there's a horde of giant bunny rabbits headed this way. And they don't even question it. They go and they move their cars. Hell, around here, they go get their guns and say, we're going to be eating good tonight. The hell are we going? <laughs> it would be like that end scene in Target. Yes. <laughs> or it's just like everybody. <laughs> What's the worst biker film you've ever seen? Oh. Got to be one of the Adamses. But even those are really good. Um, hate the ending of the Pink Angels. Uh, oh, God, yeah. That movie is brilliant up until that last t- 
two minutes, and then you're just sitting there pissed off. Not shocked, yeah. just pissed just off. Pissed off. Uh, oh, 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 oh. I, I don't know if I call it the worst, but it's not good. Yeah. Herschel Gordon Lewis's She Devils on Wheels. Oh, no, no, no. That one's great. Especially how hey, they hey. covered up the curse words. Yeah. Don't fumigate yeah. yourself, craphead. <laughs> craphead. Not yourself. <laughs> <sighs> You know, I mean, I mean, uh, that's one that 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 you know. There, what's the what's the Adamson one? He did a couple. Oh, don't you dare say that Satan Sadus is a bad movie. No, 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 I no love not that Satan Sadus. Not not Satan Sadus, but he did another. Is it one. the one? Oh, is it the one where it's like the James Bond cross, but it has the yes, bikers yes. who are working for yes. the Nazi party? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I just watched the Al Adamson documentary last week and seen the... What shit is this director on and writer on? Seriously. Oh, Lord. I mean, yeah. Okay. Now, here's a hard one for you. What's the worst film that Robert Altman ever made? The one that just uh, not actually, not bad just leaves you cold as an iceberg. Well, well, if you're ta- talking cold as an iceberg, you're you're uh, you're talking about um, the one with Paul Newman. Um, no, you actually like that one. I'm just talking about one that leaves you personally just cold. Oh, I'll you tell know, you. This, just, I'll tell you this in a second. Give me a second, because I will tell you this. He did he did things in the '80s. Where, where basically yeah. he had been, um, uh, you know, let go by the studios, and so he did a lot of plays. Okay, mm-hmm. and uh, there's one in particular, and it's the one with Julie Haggerty and Robert Hayes. Oh um, God, no! Beyond Therapy. Yes, that that is by far his worst film. I by keep forgetting far. that he directed on purpose. Yeah, I thought you were going to say something bland like Kansas City. No, I like Kansas City. I don't think it's a great film, but it's fun. That's actually on the Arrow channel. Uh, I mean, yeah. uh, that's on my list. Uh, another couple ones I would consider being really bad. Uh, Dr. Teen and Women is not good. Okay. It's not good. It's a misfire. But even in his misfires, there's something good to watch, right? But not beyond therapy. No. No. And, and, and I tell you the movie that everyone thinks is horrible, which I fucking love of all things. And you know this. Yeah. O.C. and Stiggs. O.C. and Stiggs is fucking awesome. Seriously. That has more of an underground cult than you think. You got the cult of Altman fans. You got the cult of people who like the movie. And then you got the third cult, which is the ones that like the original 
stuff that came out of what magazine did the original stories uh, come out of? Uh, um, National Lampoon. Yeah. That was National Lampoon. And, and, and it's and it's really awful, off the beaten track and off the wall. And 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 a lot of the the uh, uh, regulars of Altman are in it. Uh, but also with with people like uh, uh, Jane Curtin is in it, and Paul Dooley is in it, and and so many people are in it, and it's just like you can't believe it that all these people are in it. And then on top of everything else, the whole musical track is by King Sonny Day, <laughs> you know, African uh, uh, music. And it's very odd and very strange, and I adore it. I love that movie. Okay. Now, ask me. I might watch Worst Film by one of my favorite directors. Okay, Worst Movie from Sam Fuller. Shark. Nuff said. <laughs> Which one? Shark. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. Of course, he disowned that. Yeah, because they didn't cut out the shot where uh, the accident happened. You're going to have to look it up right. yourself, people, because I don't want to talk about it on the air. Yeah, seriously. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, each director, you or know. Or the Klansman. The Klansman, well, he was fired from the Klansman, wasn't he? No, he just walked off the set. He said, fuck this shit. <laughs> okay, well, okay. Okay, that makes more sense. Yeah. That 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 makes more sense. You know, uh, but yeah, he's not credited as director. That's for sure of that. Um, but okay. each director, you know, will have a bad movie. I mean, it, it's just part and parcel of everything. Except for Charles Lawton. Well, you know, funny, funny, Pat Crane just, just said that's the best one and done ever done. Yeah, and that's the only reason Charles Lawton and don't have any bad movies because he only did one. <laughs> exactly. It's a fucking masterpiece, too. Yeah. And that's Night of the Hunter for you people. Okay, yeah. that, that's what we're talking about. Yeah. Uh, the best and worst the slasher film. If I'm going to pick the best, well, I'm going for the easy shot, and that'd be Halloween. And I would basically be with you on that. Uh, if I have to pick another one, I might go uh, I might go old school proto, and I might go Black Christmas. Yeah, both of them were good. Yeah. But the worst Probably prom night, because I fell asleep during it. Now, the worst, basically every other slasher movie is the worst, uh, basically. But if I have to pick one, Jesus, I think I'd have to go with the burning, even though it's got some really good kills. But you know what? No, no, I'm wrong. I'm wrong. Like, Friday the 13th series. I can't stand that series. I didn't like the first one. They're my cheeseburger series, but after seven, 
after seven. Think about that for a second. After <laughs> yeah. seven of them, they get bad. Now, yeah, six yeah. is the best. That's I'd recommend that one to everybody because it's fucking hilarious. In a good yeah, way. I, I, at least I got through a half of that one. Yeah. That's more than most of them, trust me. Yeah, you made it until the Joe Dante drop. Exactly. Joe Dante tribute. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm uh, I watching well, I I uh, Yeah. I'm rewatching CSI New York, man. And guess who directed their Halloween episode that year? Oh, I know. That was Joe. Yeah, and who played the grave uh, digger in that? Was that Picardo? No, Bruce Dern. Oh, Dern, that's right. Yeah. It was hilarious. It was like a cup body just burst out of the grave, and then it had uh, Bruce Dern running the squill like a little girl. <laughs> <sighs> love Bruce Dern. Fucking love that yeah. man. I mean, it gets oh, so I, I, I mean, go ahead. I, I was just going to say, I can tell you the worst Bruce Dern movie. What? Tattoo. Oh, or God damn it. Crazy. God damn it, you took both of them. <laughs> you hit the nail <laughs> right on the head with that one. I mean, it's just like, <laughs> no, just bing, you win. Damn Don't well, do <laughs> Well, you have to realize, I'm a huge Dern fan. So like every fucking movie he was ever in, I made a I made a point of watching and finding. Seriously, love that man to death. For all of you who got tattoos and watch it, you will laugh your ass off because that movie tries to portray tattoos as some erotic, weird thing that only savages do. Oh, it is so fucking bad. Yeah. <laughs> it really is. God. The only fun part of the movie is watching, is hearing uh, uh, Bruce Dern and uh, Maude Adams have a dueling fight. Because Bruce says, yeah, I did it. And she said, no, we didn't. Yes, we did. No, we didn't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God. Middle-aged crazy. Why the hell did he do such a generic middle-aged poor me movie? I I don't know, but he did. You know why he did it? Probably for the friggin' money. Yeah. Oh Lord, you had to you had to take both of the the worst ones. Well, well, I'll tell you one that nobody likes, but I love. What? You know, and, and we can get into post-apocalyptic uh, ones. Um, yeah. But uh, World Gone Wild, I fucking love that film. And nobody I know likes it. That's up there with Riders on the Storm on the, on the obscure scale. Yeah. God, now, they either don't know it or they don't like it. One of the two. Yeah. 
Riders on the Storm is one of those movies that you know had to be made on drugs. You know, you're you're the one that finally got me to watch that. I didn't even yeah. know it existed. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, there's mo I mean, you had to pick okay. What here's one what's your favorite and uh least favorite movie with Robert Picardo in it? Oh man, man! I don't know a least favorite. Uh, I do. <laughs> okay, well, well, we can get there. Uh, but if I'm, I'm talking about best. Of course, you gotta, you gotta give a nod to the howling. Yeah. But I also love, I love matinee too, and his role in matinee. Uh, um. But I guess I would go with the Howling as best. He's just fucking awesome in that. Yeah, and let's stay in the Joe Dante turf and go to inner space. Oh, hell yeah. The cowboy. (laughs) Yeah. And he looked embarrassed to be in the movie, and I don't blame him. That movie was just bad. And I'll tell you what, too. His his role and what he did with Gremlins 2. Actually, I'm going to go with Gremlins 2 for my I favorite. I fucked the Gremlins for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> no, he was raped, wasn't he? No, he was raped. My bad. He didn't fuck her. He was raped. <laughs> yeah, or, 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 or basically like uh, bodily seduced, maybe, is the way to put it. <laughs> and that's something that was something to see in a PG-13 rated movie I think that's the only thing that Joe Dante got by him well you know the, the whole story of that film is that basically they tried to do a, a sequel without him and they couldn't get a good script and, and they finally went to him and said Joe uh, we want you to do a sequel and he said no he says You'll have complete control, and you look like I want it in the fucking contract. And and basically he did. Now there were some budgetary things where he couldn't do some of the things he wanted to do. But nonetheless, that is un, that is the only film I know of that is unfettered Dante, and it is just a friggin' masterpiece. And I'm not the only one who thinks so. Yeah, and it was cut down from an R rating. But yeah. that was in the script stage. Originally, the whole thing with them finding the sunblock, that was going to be the halfway point of the movie. And yeah. then it was going yeah. to be the gremlins just tearing hell all over New York. <laughs> well, that's why I said they couldn't really do it because of budgetary. So they had to rethink it a bit. Yeah, but but you know who 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 is the best, funniest person in that movie, by far. Who? Christopher Lee. Yeah. Even He's if just for the look of the, even for just the way he looks at the bat gremlin. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, we can uh, get you diseases. <laughs> yeah. And we didn't mean for this to be your best and worst, Joe Dante, because Inner Space really isn't the worst film. It's just the one that's so 80s that you can't take it out of the 80s. Well, I tell you, his worst film by far is Murdering the X. His last uh, film that he did. What about Digging the Pit, Digging the Hole, or the Hole? I like the Hole. I like the Hole a lot. I know, but we're not talking about girls right now. (laughs) I know, but I like that. It, it, I mean, it, it's a kids' movie. It's 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 uh, it's not one of his best, but yeah. it's wonderful. And I tell you, who's great in it? Bruce Stern mm. is absolutely friggin' awesome in that movie. Mm-hmm. But burying the ex—that's awful. That's really fucking bad. Okay, here's a good one. Best and worst. Uh... Harry Dean Stanton cameo. Cameo, not acting role. Okay. For well, me, that has to be spice. Be what? Go ahead. You go first. You go first. To me, the best is the Avengers. When he gives the Hulk, when he gives uh, Mark Ruffalo as the Hulk his pants. Absolutely. He's like, son, you just lost your pants. <laughs> and yes, everybody in the whole audience, except for the little kids, were like, Harry Dean Stanton. Yeah. Yep. Worst. I want to hear your worst. Cameo. Fistful of dollars. Yeah, I'd happen to agree with that because he wasn't really supposed to do that in the first place. Yeah. And it adds nothing to the plot except giving it a good guy, bad guy brain. Yeah. Yeah, that 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 was that was added on by the networks. Yeah. Well, only were, one showing yeah. too, and that's the weird part. They only showed it the first time. Every other time they showed it uncut. Right. I mean, I can't think of a really bad Harry movie that Harry Dean Stanton was in, just probably because of the part that he's in it. <laughs> well, you you know, I mean, when he was coming up, right? Yeah. He was always uh he was always a supporting actor. And and what what was beautiful about him was he was one of the first people um, along with Dick Miller, like, who's that guy? What's his name? I've seen him everywhere, right? Yeah. And and uh, yeah, I mean, seriously, I'm 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 checking right now. Give me a second. Um, Dick Miller was the first actor to kill himself on the screen and survive yes. the rest of the picture. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, but I mean, I mean, seriously, if you take a look at, at 
Harry Dean Stanton, you go back all the way back to the beginning. You know, I mean, he's he's got a bunch of uncredited things, revolted Fort Laramie, and a lot of stuff I don't know. Yeah. Um. Uh, but man, uh, God, uh, Heroes Island. Okay, so he's uncredited. He's uncredited in how the West was won. The, the amount of people that they had in there, I think it was a tie between how the West was won and the longest day for the largest cast in a movie. Yeah, seriously. Ooh. Ooh, ooh. I think what? I found his worst one. What? He was spook. And the miniskirt mob. <laughs> yeah, seriously, I'm not joking. I know. It's sad that Stanton never did get nominated for an Oscar. Didn't even they didn't even think about it. Yeah, and not for Paris, Texas, which I don't fucking understand. Well, yeah, Paris, Texas, uh, Wild at Heart, uh, that last uh, one he did. Lucky, which is absolutely yeah, wonderful. Lucky. You know, and don't forget, uh, 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 don't forget the Alien film either. Uh, well, Alien for sure, best supporting. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also, what's the one with the alien in the trunk? Repo Man. Repo Man. <laughs> I fucking hate people. <laughs> Seriously. And but yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I mean, really, they think that bad movies didn't exist. What wasn't that one of the big midnight things? There were always the the three levels. Uh, let's see, the top level would be. The midnight movie classics: Pink Flamingo, uh, El Topo, uh, Harold and Maude. Yep. That level, and the second level would be the horror films: Night of the Living Dead, Martin. Martin. Uh, yeah. The third level would just be the ship films, the one that people come to get stoned and make fun of. Right. And then they tried to say, oh, no one was really interested in the bad films until MST3K came out. Yes, they were. They just didn't have an outlet. Well, again, again, the outlets for for the really bad films before MST3K would be things like, you know, the Chiller Cedars, the all of that type of stuff, or the drive-in. Those would be your two outlets. Uh, because you would, you know, particularly if someone was dealing with real cheap horror movies for a triple feature, at least one of them is going to be really fucking bad. Right? Yeah, I mean, or uh, the horror host having to deal with public domain films, you're going to get oh, a lot of dreck in that one. You know, and, and the other thing too is is the horror host 
you know, doing things like uh, they're focusing on some of the Philippine horror, like the Manster, you know, or things like that just make no fucking sense whatsoever. And the other thing, too, is there were a lot of knockoff kaijus that were really fucking bad. Oh, God, yes. Uh, you know, yeah, I mean, the ones that are Godzilla wannabe, Yangri, Terrafin, the, the D Pogolasi. Mm-hmm. And and your favorite, Reptilicus. <laughs> Only the novel because it's a porno. <laughs> <laughs> I remember you picked that up at, at Monster Bash. Like you, you coveted that motherfucker, man. Yeah, I looked at it and I seen twenty, and it's like, move. Because <laughs> even in that condition, that book usually goes for eighty bucks. Wonderful, but yeah, I mean there there's so many bad ones that even even some of the Toho stuff is really really unwatchable. Yeah. Okay, here's one you might have a, a easy one or not. Worst seventies drive-in car twisted metal movie. Okay, so we're talking car movies, right? Car movies, you know. Um, can I can can I put a giant truck movie into it? Yeah. Highballing. <laughs> hey, it's got what's his name from uh It's Jerry Reed. It's the only reason to watch it and it's really bad. Oh, no, 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 no. It's got what's his it's got Barry Convex in it. Yeah, I do know that. Yes, you're right. It's yeah. got Barry Convex in it. That taught me the lesson is how can you tell a seventies exploitation film that is made in Canada Barry Convex <laughs> is in it? <laughs> for those who don't understand he played Barry Convex. The actor played Barry Convex in Videodrome. Yeah. That's what we're referencing is that particular actor. But yeah, highballing was bad. Let's see. Mine's the, a sort of an easy one. And this movie has Charles Bukowski in it. Oh, no. No. Superman. Oh, God. Well, any of those fan movies, man. You made me watch one of those. It's yeah, like, but God. that one, would, the van is better than the other Drek because well, it has well, that, well, it's it has that better, heart. It's still bad. Yeah. Good oh, God. Oh, it's not as bad as Supervan. Nothing is bad. Supervan's like, this is the ugliest van's ever seen. Holy shit, it's Charles Bukowski. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be one of the biggest mysteries in movie history of all time. How the fuck did they get Charles Bukowski to appear? He needed money, probably. Uh, he needed money. Well, no, not money. He's probably like, give me like two six packs and I'll show up in your fucking movie. <laughs> <laughs> you know, or a bottle of whiskey, actually. You know, yeah. Um, yeah. And don't forget Corvette Summer. <laughs> Well, Corvette Summer isn't horrible. No. It's boring, but it's not oh. horrible. 
Yeah, it's very boring. It's funny that, uh, let's see, uh, Harrison Ford, what did he do to follow up his hit movie, Star Wars? Raiders of the Lost Ark. No, he did Raiders of the Lost Ark. He did Raiders, yeah. Mark Mark Hamill. Mark Hamill. Corvette Summer. Yeah. And you want, and they wonder, and people wonder why his career didn't take off after being Luke Skywalker. He's done all right by himself, though. Give him credit. Yeah. Well, he really remember is. what his second movie after Star Wars was? That was the big red one. Mm-hmm. No. He actually played Grid. No, not true. Not true. What? What? Wizards. Wizards. Oh. Yeah, but that came out before played, Star Wars. That came out right before Star Wars. But, yeah. But but uh, but he uh, he did that after he filmed Star Wars though. He did the voice. Now now it's already been animated, right? But mm-hmm. that's still his second credit. Mm-hmm. Worst summer. Yeah. Then Corbett Summer, and then what came out after Corbett Summer? Uh, the big red one. That's it. Okay. And the reason that movie did so horribly is they cut it down from two hours and ten minutes to one hour and forty minutes. I thought it was even longer than two ten. I thought it was like two twenty. Yeah, it's around two fifteen, two twenty. But still, mm-hmm. they cut out one of the major messages of the big red one is that's how boring war is how boring war is. Yeah, great film, great film. I saw I saw that in the theater when it okay. first came out. This might be hard for you since you're biased, but worst boxy film. And there's only no, there's two that count. I don't see which one you pick for I pick mine. Hey, good looking. Oh, I didn't think you'd pick that one, but yeah, that one. What the fuck was he saying? It's just a retread. The problem with that is to retread. He doesn't really do anything new. He even hired fucking Richard Romulus to play the same fucking role he played in Main Street. Exactly. (laughs) Mine would be his guttered... Gutted film, uh, Cool World. And again, that that's the damn studio. From I what I gutted. understand, that was supposed to be an NC-17. It's boxy. They cut exactly. out all the fucking, all the masturbating. <laughs> My Imagine. favorite thing is... Uh, yeah. about Wizards, just to get to Wizards for a second, mm-hmm. is he considers that his children's film. Yeah. And I want you to think about that for a second. You know, you know, you know, I know. Uh, Illinois with the biggest boobs you've ever seen on an animated character and all sorts of implied fucking and so on and so forth. And you and can see your nipples it. throughout the damn film. Absolutely. Absolutely, Edgar Bush. 
and massacre scenes with elves' blood running everywhere. Yeah. Great film. Uh, I don't consider it a kid's film. Uh, no, it's as much of a kid film as Coonskin was. <laughs> well, maybe not. Uh, maybe a little less than Coonskin. Uh, <laughs> but don't forget also Wizards has my, my babe in it as uh, one of my, my, my wonderful queens of, of sexual cinema and as the, uh, uh, as the narrator, and that's Susan Tyrell, who I just adore. Yeah, they pulled her in at the last second, didn't they? Because uh, the woman who was originally supposed to do the narration canceled. Well, what happened was he was he was um, he was doing uh, uh, voice auditions for it, and he was down at the end of all the people that came in, and Susan Tyrell's uh, agent kept telling her to do this, and so she went near the end of the auditions, and 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 read, and actually looked at her like, "You're it." you got to part and and later she didn't take she didn't want to take a credit for it so she didn't but she said later to Bakshi that uh that particular job of narrating wizards got her so many other jobs that she was very she thought it was stupid that she didn't take the credit for it but she thanked him for that so yeah that that's the story i know of it yeah, well, you know my favorite Abachi film, and you you keep uh, saying, "Why do you like that film so much?" And I'm like, "It's music." Well, it's American pop. I know you love American. Yeah, pop. it's a good film. Don't get me wrong; it's a good film. I don't consider it nearly as best, but it's a good film. Yeah, it's a great history of American popular music. It is. It's and my favorite scene ways. in there is when uh, the final one, the blonde-haired guy, is walking down the street, and then he walks, stops by the Jewish synagogue where the guy's uh, chanting, and then he mm-hmm. starts snapping his fingers in tune. Yeah. You know, you know that between that and Wizards, so that's the two most Jewish films he ever did. By far. Uh, you're forgetting one that belongs in there. Okay. Heavy traffic. Heavy traffic didn't, didn't really go into the Jewish part of it that much. It his had mother some was of it. A, his mother was a Jewish yenta, son. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, I know, but on. he deals with it more. He deals with it more on a personal level, and it's not nearly the plot. Uh, part of the plot as with American Pop or Wizards. It's not ne- even close. Yeah. A plot point. It's in, there. Uh, it's in there, that's for sure. I think I can easily sit looking on my wall, tell you the worst film that I got a poster on the wall, and it's just because it was a dollar. And that okay. would be Moonshine County Express with John Saxon. And Susan Howard. Oh, come on. 
that that's it's not the best of them by any means, but it's not the worst of the moonshine movies. I said it's the worst no. post poster I got in a while. Remember, it's got a okay. fight against Last House on the Left, Dazed and Confused. Uh, uh, that one I got by uh, Russell, Savage Messiah, mm-hmm. Raven, Grindhouse, The Sicilian Clan, uh, Three in the Attic, Drive-In, uh, Shot Corridor, Bay of Blood, The Beyond, so, so I have a question for you now that we talked about moonshine movies. Yeah. The worst moonshine movie you've ever seen. Hmm. And you love that stuff. I know you do. Yeah, I know you do. I'm trying to think. Well, I'll give you mine. Okay, what? I'll give you mine. Moon Runners. Fuck you. That's the show that created <laughs> the Oops of Hazard. That's a good movie. It even has it's well in film. It, 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 it's a good movie. Fuck you, yeah. it's an awful film. <laughs> it is. Come on. Come on. Come on. It, it, I'm not saying it didn't have something to do with Dukes of Hazard. I'm not saying that. But Dukes of Hazard is so much better than that film. Come on. I don't know. I like the movies Uncle Jesse better. You got arrested for brawling. Fighting. Oh, he is not nothing. Yeah, not nothing. Yeah, there's nothing respectable like moonshining or cards. Oh, oh, oh! And and what's the one? What's the one with um? What What's the one with um? Uh oh! Come on, come on! The guy who's in um, uh, who plays GTO and 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 uh. Oh God! uh, Yeah, that was good. Dixie Dynamite. Dixie Dynamite. Dixie Dynamite. Is, is one of my favorites by far. Yeah, if you if you don't get out of my way, I'm gonna light this. I'm gonna set this uh, here motorcycle on fire and blow us all up. You got a match? Nice. But the yeah, word. Yeah, that's a good one. This one will shock you, but if you've watched the movie, you understand, and that is Walking Tall Part Two. Oh, good God. That movie, nothing happens in that hole. The movie's about two hours and nothing <coughs> happens. Nothing happens. Mm-hmm. It's like, Booford's here. He beats the crap out of these guys. And then he gets the guy that killed his wife. And then the movie ends. And it says, well, this movie ain't over yet. You got to wait for part three to come out. That's just boring. Yeah, yeah, that's a boring one. What's your uh, least favorite sexploitation film that you've seen? Uh, oh, good God. I happen to like almost everything I've ever seen. I mean, come on, I like boobs. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. let's face it. But I, I think I think I have to go with Ed Wood on this one. Orgy of the Dead is just not good. <laughs> oh God, no! <sighs> that one was bad. 
That one is uh, just not good. For me, I just, own it, and yes, it's got Buck Kardashian in it, and he even he's not good in this. And that's Booby Trap. Oh, I, you know, come on, it's Buck. We love Buck Kardashian. Yeah, but even he doesn't want to be there. I mean, you can just see in his eyes, I don't want to fucking be there. Just give me my money. I want to fucking go. (laughs) Okay, best exploitation? Come on. We got to give it to Buck. Don't eat my mother. Oh, glump. I want some cow. Yeah. For me, it is probably either the toy box or a kiss of honey and a taste of brine. Best or worst? Best. That's what I, yeah, kiss of honey, uh, taste of brine is really fucking good. It seriously is. Yeah. It's mean spirited uh-huh. as hell, but it's good. Yeah. Come on, say it. What? Come on, do it. Come on, say say the line. I may be. Come on. Oh yeah, I may be a bitch, but I'll never be a butch. I was thinking (laughs) of my about my my real favorite line. You see, you're in Rocco's world now, baby. You do what (laughs) Rocco says, and everything's gonna go smooth. And, and, and listen, I, I got to say something, okay? When we talk about best sexploitation, you did this to me. You absolutely made me watch this, and I fucking love you for it. Uh, Roberta Finley's Flesh Trilogy. Oh, God, yeah. That one has a insane sense of humor that you do not expect in those types of films. No. And, and the funny thing is, you are responsible <laughs> because I, I went after Pat Crane. He didn't. He he'd never seen them. Mm-hmm. I said, "You got to." And I gave you credit. I said, "Stephen made me watch these, and I I, I thank the Lord he did." So you yeah. gotta watch them too. Yeah, you've got a pretty pussy there. <laughs> Thanks. People come over to my place all the time to pet my pussy. I bet they do. <laughs> and every woman yep. I've shown it to loves that line. You know what this is? What? It's a dildo. A girl says <laughs> <best> friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just it's just so fucking out there. That whole series is just out there. And those are roughies, too. Those are roughies. Now, uh, yeah. So, so there's going to be violence. The first roughy, Olga's Girl. Any of the Olga movies. No, are, are Olga's really... Girl is the one where they took fit scenes from the other two movies and just stitched them together and made a best of. Okay, but but the thing is, for me, the Olga, the Olga movies are just too mean, too mean. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not into watching S and M for ninety minutes. Sorry, 
I'm not Great. into that. Now the ghost of Carter Stevens is going to come back and kick you in the nuts and punch you in the mouth. And that's different than a spanking movie, okay? <laughs> okay, seriously. What Carter did was, 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 was uh, you know, a niche type of film. But mm-hmm. it wasn't really violent toward women. And, and, and Olga's is just nasty. Yeah, uh, that's, I remember. The, that's for the real hardcore S&M freaks. Yeah, yeah, of which I am not. I'm just not. Uh, and here's an no, easy one because it was based on the two books. Let's see. What's the best Hannibal Lecter film and what's the worst? Well, okay. I'll tell you right now. Mm-hmm. You will probably disagree with me, okay? Uh, uh, I think the best is Manhunter. I agree. That's what I was going to say, too. Manhunter, I think, is absolutely fantastic. Oh, God, yeah. One, I even loved it back in the 80s when I seen it. Yeah. The worst one? Mm-hmm. Is it Hannibal Rising? I think. Uh, yeah, but I got one worse. Okay. Red Dragon, the remake of Manhunter. Well, you know what? I think think Hannibal Rising is worse. Oh, God, that movie is so, so horrible. No, seriously, it's worse than than Hannibal. Hannibal (coughs) is not good. But at least it's got uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman. And it's fun. And it's yeah, it's it's stupid too, uh, and, and that's part of the problem with it. I've never but, understood that. It's an American right. thing more than anything. We got a great villain in the movie. So what are we gonna do for another film? Oh, we're gonna reveal all the secrets we didn't reveal in the first one. Why? Yeah. yeah Whenever to, to they me, do that, I think of that. Uh, Farside cartoon. You know which one I'm talking about, don't you? Okay. Where it has the deer hiding behind the tree going, my God, why is this crazy man shooting at me? Yeah. You know, uh, Manhunter, to me, the the one thing I love about it is that the lector that's played by Brian Cox, who to this day I think does the best job, yeah. He's not over the top and he's just he's just unsettling. He plays it in a very unsettling way. Yeah. And he's not he's in the movie for less than ten minutes. He's not in the movie that much at all. Yeah. But he but he has such a presence. And that's Brian Cox. Yeah, and, and I, William you know, Peterson he, is great, uh and definitely Tom Noonan. Good God. Noonan is fucking amazing. Seriously. I love that man. One of the great horror uh, uh, character actors ever. Seriously. And you should remember and, this. Where was the first time I ever saw Tom Noonan? We talked about this. Where was it? I forgot. It was uh, uh, 
it was um, not the howling, uh, um, Wolfen. Oh Wolfen. yeah, I remember me looking at the trailers with doing that, and I was like, "Why the fuck is Tom Newland on this? All the trailer is Tom Noonan." <laughs> That's because it's one of the the kills in the movie. I know, but they don't show the kill. They just show like a computer generated picture of him. Yeah. Can yeah. you believe the cult that's really starting to bubble up around Wolfen? I'm so glad. I have I've been championing that movie since 1981. Uh, when the three werewolf movies, and that's sort of adjunct because. Wolfen isn't exactly a werewolf. Yeah, 1981 movie. was the year of the werewolf. Right, and of course that that's the Howling and uh, American Werewolf in in, uh, in London. <laughs> and you know those two movies are very good for what they are. I I much prefer the Howling to to American Werewolf, but Wolfen is just so unique. Such a unique film, and and what has happened over the years, is people realize how odd and how strange that movie is, and because of that, people start really talking about it. I mean, at ISF, uh, incredibly strange films, that gets posted at least once every week, every two weeks. Yeah. I mean, good. I mean, even the ending of it is not what you expect. And you love not it at all. just for that. Yeah. And Edward J. almost has the best line of the movie. <laughs> Go for it. I know you love this slide. You change shape. Yeah. Drink like a fish and fuck like a rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> And they actually filmed it into the And the reason why the set of the movie looks like it was a fucking war zone is, Carl Because it was a war zone It was the South Bronx (laughs) (laughs) Seriously, I I worked for a woman by the name of Carla Pinza For Latino Playwrights And her second in command, Anna Lived in the South Bronx, two two blocks away from that site. I actually walked to the edge of that once. <laughs> yeah, as soon as that one tone went over, like twenty knives come out. <laughs> no, no, she was with me, so I was okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not not a place you want to hang out. Trust me. Yeah. But, you know, back in the day, you know, we talk about, you know, how New York was shown on film. You know, back in the day, man, uh, Alphabet City was like a, a post-World War II France. So was the South Bronx. They were awful places, terrible places. And, and, and you know, you get someone like Hedden Lauder that really showed what 42nd Street had gone down to and Basket Case. You get yeah. to see the South Bronx and Wolfen. Uh, you get to see Alphabet City and Alphabet City. Well, if you remember, uh, Amos Poe, uh, the guy who directed Wolfen, 
Wadley. Michael Winner. Or was it Wadley? No, no, it's Michael Wadley did did Wadley. Michael Wadley and Frank Henlotter said the reason they filmed there is they knew that it wasn't going to be there much longer. Right. So they wanted to get as much as they can on film while it was still there. Mm-hmm. And, and, and if you see the beginning of Wolfen, where they, they, they uh, bomb uh, a building, that was actually, they were doing, they were starting the work to refurbish that whole area. And now if you go into the South Bronx, it's like, it's it, it's like so gentrified, it's not even funny. Yeah. No, not like I remember it by any means. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, there is bad movies that came before MST3K, but I'm going to take this time. Well, first, uh, when is the show, the noir show, man? Okay, so so we are doing a series of three noir shows, um, and uh, they're going to be happening on Tuesdays. This is on Blog Talk Radio, uh, Deviant Legion, uh, and uh, you can follow us on, on, um, on, on uh, Facebook. But uh, we're doing them on Tuesdays. At 8 p.m., the two people I have with me is Brian Wallinger, uh, who who is a writer, a film writer, and also Patrick Crane, who's a film writer and also head of the Oklahoma City uh, Film uh, uh, Group out there. And so we're all getting together for that. And uh, we're going to be doing three shows. The first show is Classic Noir, which is 40s and 50s. Then we're going into post-classic, which we're going to take uh, one each from the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, and then the 2000s. And then our third show, which is right before Thanksgiving, will be foreign noirs, those, uh, ones that aren't, aren't American. So that's what we're going to do. And if you've ever seen the Kentucky Fried movie, at one scene where during a fistful of yen, where it was like, and you'll get to kill a lot of people. And that look he had on his face. Yes. As soon as you, Carl, said 90s noir, I was like, I had that face. Oh, yeah. That, that's your, that's your uh, wheelhouse is 90s noir. That's because mine it's not 70s. as known as the others. Right. And mine is the 70s. I know the 90s stuff, too, but I grew up in the 70s. So, so I mean, the seventies yeah. is my my wheelhouse. But yeah, and we'll be doing another show this week with uh, MST3K uh, two, and then we'll be doing three. And on Thanksgiving, we're going to be be glad you're not going to be here. We're going to be watching uh, Glenn Danzig's Veronica, which is the best God. way to explain it is. You know all those books that they used to sell to 12 years old in the head shops with the giant boobies and the gore and shit that the little yeah, boy... Yeah, I used to the, buy those, actually, but yeah, I know those. <laughs> not the ones you buy, the ones that you were looking like. And it looked like a 12-year-old. That's the mood you get while watching Veronica. It's that bad. Oh, God. 
And why did I stop to talk about 18 minutes? Well, we got some old business. Me and Carl haven't been on a show together in over a year. And in that time, we've lost a lot of a lot of friends. Yes, we have. Carter yes, Stevens left us. Bless him. Carter, yes. it's not a porn. Stevens. Well, I, I love Carter in, in terms of the house of wayward women. Yeah, and and when we tried to talk to him about that story about him and Debbie Harry, oh, who gives a shit about Debbie Harry and a blue? <laughs> we do. That, yeah, that was Carter through and through. Yeah, good old Carter. And, uh, what a wonderful man. Yeah. It was like one second he was here, then the next second we just got the word. And we Absolutely. lost Joe. And we lost Joe uh, Pilato. Wasn't it last? Yeah, it was last year Joe Pilato died. It wasn't no, it? it was two years ago, actually, I think. Yeah. Joe's been gone at least two years. Yeah. Joe uh, Pilato, God. That was, if you want to look it up, look up Day of the Dead in the archives here. You'll see one yeah. of the funniest shows where poor Carl is trying to keep control. And uh, me and Joe are thinking of every different way to say fuck you to each other you can fucking think of. Well, you know who we did, uh, uh, who did pass last year? Who? It wasn't Joe, it was Gary. Oh, Gary yeah, Clark. Gary Clark, yeah. He was also on that show. He played Steel, and he yeah. passed away. That's when Carl had to get us back in line because me and him got into talking about stuntmen. <laughs> you know, and of course that show was 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 uh, in honor of, uh, and that was six years ago, by the way. That yeah. that, that was six years ago, a couple of days ago time on November first. Yeah, time flies. Uh, I know, but uh, we had uh, uh, we had Gary Carr on. Uh, but that show was uh, in remembrance of uh, Ralph Marrero, who played Rickles in Day of the Dead, who was a very good friend of mine. And and so I, I pitched this idea to Stephen, and and we uh, uh, and then I was able to get get Gary and and, and uh, Pilato, and of course John Eppless was supposed to show up, but he fucking left his phone in his university office. No, you heard what me and Joe said. You know the truth. Yeah, I know. You know I the truth. I know. Yeah, he is fucking the co-ed since he was the head of the drama department. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and and uh, this third one, I got to tell a story. I was on the Sun Classic. One of the things I wanted to do when I started this show, back when I met this guy, I was do a show on Sun Classic Films, Sun Shit Classics. And I was there, and all of a sudden, there was this guy on there. He said, hey, do any of you guys in the world get a good copy of my film? And I was like, uh, what film did you direct? And then he said, holy shit, you work for Sun. Yeah. And that's how we met Jefferson... David, Richard. right? Jefferson, no, Jefferson Richards. Richards. 
See, my southern sticks out. I keep thinking of Jefferson Davis, the president of the Confederacy. <laughs> I remember <sighs> you giving me a call and say, you got to go to IMBD and check this guy out. <laughs> and I said, okay. So I went. I hung up the phone. Went to IMBD. I think I called you back in five minutes. I said, holy fuck. Because not only did he do Sun Classics, but Jefferson Richard did did uh, a lot of work with Matt Sinber. Uh, he did uh, uh, he even uh, produced films uh, with uh, Sylvester Stallone mm-hmm. and, and stuff. I mean, he did so much. He directed. He did stunt work. He was a great guy. Now we had him on our our show on Deviant Legion uh, a couple times after that. And I, I heard from his, uh, um, from, from his widow uh, about a month ago uh, and said he just loved being on the podcast with every one of us, that that was really a great thing for him. And, of course, Jefferson had had some difficulties. He was basically at this point uh, overweight and had uh, – um, had some health issues and he was in a wheelchair, but you know, that, that, you know, just having him talk about what he did over the years, you know, uh, from what I understand from his, uh, from his widow was just like that just invigorated him. That was some of the best things that could happen to him. Just talk about what he did to people. Who were yeah. Interested. He was surprised that we knew all of his stuff too. <laughs> Well, well, you know what we okay. Both you and I, uh, there's there's no question that we really have delved into this over the years. Either just well, because your, we loved it. Uh, your area was a main target for sons' uh, religious pictures, weren't they? Yeah, absolutely. Because I, yeah. I grew up in Bradford, Pennsylvania. Bradford is a very very rural. Uh, the deer out out uh, uh, number the amount of humans yeah. in the county, and it's very very uh, uh, conservative and and uh, very Christian, and uh, uh, so you know we would get things like uh, in search of the lost ark, you know, uh, and, and, and all those sun classic films that had some sort of religion and would play at the Bradford duo for a week. And we had a, a duo theater, two theaters in one. Yeah. And a duplex. And, and uh, so, yeah, those came up and, and played, no question. Yeah, that that was Sun's secret, is that they uh, knew what films to release to what territories. Even so, yeah, it was nice. Was very, very small. Yeah, but it was nice getting to talk to Jefferson, man. Just hearing the stories he had. Oh, absolutely. And William Buffet, too. That was another great show. Just all of our good friends that we've talked to now, through the now, years. Did, did Buffet finally pass away? No, he's still kicking. That's what I thought. So, so Gary Clark. Oh, guess who? And another one that we died, we tried to get on, but we really couldn't pin him down. Uh, 
Yambud Cardos. Yeah, we uh, I, we tried we tried to get both you and I, uh, both together and then separately. I tried to get Bud on a couple times, uh, yeah. but no, we we weren't able to do that. I think he was too sick by the time we tried. That could be. That could he's be. not as tough oh. as Gary. He's not as tough as Gary. Gary's a great guy too. Mm. Gary's Gary's absolutely fantastic. Um. Yeah, yeah. Another person uh, uh, that passed away, I tried to get Gary on because he worked with him a lot. Was uh, Richard mm-hmm. Rush, and 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 uh, I never tried to get Richard Rush. Did you ever try to get Richard Rush? No, I don't think so. Um, but Gary, it really hit Gary hard, and then I was going to have him on talk about Richard, and then Gary got sick. Yeah, and Gary's recovered now, but 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 yeah, he wasn't doing well there for a while either. You know, unfortunately, many of these people we talk to are of the older generation, are older than than me, so they're in their seventies, eighties. Yeah, uh, I got this advice from listening to Forty Second Street Pete, and I'm going to give this advice to you, younger podcasters. These older guys, they love to tell their stories. And they won't be around much longer. And they would think of nothing to get on a podcast and talk about the good old days for two hours. Absolutely. So if you have someone in the, uh, the older generation that wants to talk, you know, that you know, get them on your show. They'll be more than glad if they're not feeling well. Yeah. Uh, I And that's the one thing about Jefferson. He was just thrilled to be on, and and I hear that from his from his widow, and and, and yeah. it made him happy, and that's the whole thing. And you learn a lot from these people. You hear stories that you'll never hear again, and they're wonderful. Point point taken, okay. Point in case. Uh, um, when we had Philip Mora on. Yeah, Felipe Mora. <laughs> Felipe Mora. Do you want to tell him the story about Frank Thring? No, you get to tell it this time, the Frank Thring story. <laughs> so, so, Philip Mora did this film, Howling 3. He also did Howling 2. But Howling 3 is the one about the marsupials. And, 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 it's a very odd film, but one of the characters, one of the actors is Frank Thring, and he plays this maniacal, really, like, overweight director. And he's cast in this film at Point Mora. You know, I, I, I made a comment that I just love Frank Thring. And he says, boy, do I have a story for you. And there was a day that he was due on set, and it was a Monday, and he wasn't there, and they were supposed to shoot. And Philippe, you know, looking all around, not finding them, that sort of thing, Philippe decides to go to his apartment to see if he can find them. Goes to his apartment, the doors open. And there's Frank Thrig 
tied up on the bed with a with with, with a, a thing over his mouth, you know, and, and that sort of thing, handcuffed to the bed, and, and and like Philippe is just like petrified, goes and takes the band off, and and Fred Fred walks out and says, "Boy, what a weekend!" And- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think uh, Felipe enjoyed the fact that we didn't make fun of his movies like most people would. Like most that, people man. consider Howling 2 and 3 bad movies. They're fun. I, th- I think Howling 3 is a friggin' wonderful, odd, strange movie that you're not going to see anything like it. And that makes it really unique. It's unlike anything in that 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 uh, 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 in that series. There's nothing like it. Yeah, I'm not saying it's the best sequel. That might be five, but three is uh, definitely the one about the, the vampire and all that. Yeah. Oh God, yes, that one is so good. You know, but 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 three is. Definitely the oddest and the strangest and the most unusual of them. And it's well done. And it's got Jack fucking Thompson in it, too. So fuck you mm-hmm. if you don't like that movie. And to close it out, well, Carl and people have been wanting this movie. The only copies where you're not going to be paying through the nose to a secondhand dealer is it diabolic? And they only have three copies left of Homebodies on Blu-ray. Okay. So they don't, I they, talk they don't have a copy on fucking Amazon. All it is is just resale scum. So, so, so this movie is a very black comedy from the 70s. I think it's 1974. I saw it late night on HBO and I fucking fell in love with it. And it's done by a guy by the name of Larry Eust. He only did three films. Uh, and the other one that he did, one of the two, is Trick Baby, which I know you love, mm-hmm. Stephen. But uh, so this is a movie about a bunch of pensioners in an apartment building and they're being forced out and they decide to basically kill everyone that's forcing them out. And it's a very, very, very black comedy. And it's headed by a woman actor, actress by the name of uh, Paula Truman. You wouldn't know her best from the outlaw Josie Wales. She plays the, the grandmother or the mother figure of uh, Sandra Locke, the Kansas people that he picks up. Yeah. And she is just absolutely stellar in this film. And And and, this movie goes in places you will not expect. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it is really something. And it was buried. I don't think it was ever really released. Yeah, it wasn't buried. It's just that they couldn't find a good print. No, I'm talking at the beginning. When it was first made in 74, I don't even think it got a release. 
I think it was sold directly to HBO. No, it got got a release. It's just so odd that they didn't know how to sell it. Because if you look at the trailer and it's on YouTube, they betray it as this very wacky slapstick comedy. Which it is not. No. By a long shot. It's dark as fuck, man. It, I mean, it really is. And and it's it's a wonderful film. And I started being the head of the cult back in 74, and nobody would listen to me. Now, you were the next person I met that knew the film and loved it as much as I did. So we were a cult of two, as far as I know. Yeah, I read about it. No, the, the, whoever wrote the review for the Auburn Encyclopedia of Horror just ranted about how much you should see this movie. Mm-hmm. And then, boom, I went and boom, I, I snapped it up as, as a of a gray market release of a very crappy print as soon as I could. And then once you watch it, you're like, holy shit. Right? Yeah. At the end of the... You got to admit that was your reaction after that end shot, too. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and and the one sequence that comes out is um, the cement sequence. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't want to... I don't want to give it away. That sequence is just, whoa. Holy shit. It's a beautiful film. And and uh, unfortunately, Larry only got to direct one other movie, which is horrible, and I'm not going to even say what it is. Yeah. Uh, but, man, two, and... two movies, two very odd films, and two really good films that he did. And and to me, I know, I know you love... You love the other one better, but but to me, his his masterpiece is Homebodies. There's no question. No, I think I love Homebodies better. I love them both about yeah. the same. Okay. You know, Trick Baby is a good film. Yeah. I think Homebodies is an absolute fantastic film. Yeah. Okay, thank you again for coming on in the Carl. I hope that uh, Nate gets his, gets better. Well, and, you know, you know. Just before you go, uh, you're you're always welcome, and I will uh, I will I'll get you information on on the uh, noir, and you can call in anytime, Stephen. No problem yeah. at all. You're always welcome. And plus, act like I said, I actually got good sound now. The internet yes, finally do. got um, upgraded. Yeah. Well, it used to take me hours to put together like a a little this and that. Takes me like minutes now. (laughs) Because I can just get just do 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 do. Good. I'm glad. And everybody, don't forget, love those you with more than anything these holidays because we're in the year of COVID, but COVID and anti COVID. Everybody's dropping like fires, and you're never going to know. You're never going to know. Absolutely. Treat the people you love like you love them. Yeah. And even those you don't. 
of that asshole standing down there in, on the crossroads, he can get fucked. <laughs> and with that, Steven, we'll see you, you next thank week. Thank you very much. And, yeah. And we'll be back. And hopefully Nate will be back. But until then... Good night, sweetheart. Where well, it's time to go. Good night, sweetheart. Well, it's time to go. I hate to leave you, but I really must say, oh, good night, sweetheart. Good night. Good night, sweetheart. Well, it's time to go. Good night, sweetheart. Well, it's time to go. I hate to leave you. I really must say, oh, good night, sweetheart. Good night.